Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your college day Chima with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. Kapuma. Welcome in, brother man. Pro Football Radio episode 121. How you doing? Yeah, I gotta admit, a little, a little downtrodden today. What's that? Well, you know, I, I read over the weekend that the brave sailor known as McCorkle oh. Mac Jones <laughs> was on the deck of the USS Yorktown at the Battle of Midway, and it was during the second wave of the Japanese dive bombing attack on Yorktown that he suffered a debilitating injury known as a high ankle sprain and had to be carried to sick bay by uh, pretty much like five sailors. So I, uh, you know, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I saw uh, coming through the, the the wire that Mac Jones suffered this debilitating injury on the USS Yorktown. And uh, I feel like if, if I had access to it, I would play taps. And I'm not going to make you guys suffer hearing me do the, like, the mouth trumpet. Do it. So. Do it. <laughs> Should I stand up and salute? <laughs> I'm standing. I'm standing in my. <laughs> <coughs> you don't want me doing this. I'm dying. Oh god. But yeah, oh, yeah. You know, god. Mac Jones. He, you, you would have thought he got hurt on the Yorktown, at Okinawa, on Normandy. No, high ankle sprain. Well, for people wow. that uh, are uh, not uh, aware of the game, so basically the the Ravens went to Foxborough, beat the Patriots, 37-26. Lamar Jackson did whatever he wanted to do, and the main storyline coming out of that was. Mac Jones had a severe ankle sprain, high ankle sprain, I'm sorry, high ankle sprain from what all the reports are coming out via Adam Schefter, Mike Giardi, all those guys. Um, at the moment, um, they're looking to see what the best options are. Um, and by the reaction that Mac Jones had on the field, we thought he definitely broke his ankle. I mean, like we're talking like this dude was like crying, screaming, grunting, like he, there's three people carrying him off the field. Like it was something of a bizarre scene. Um, something we've never really seen uh, out of an NFL quarterback, in my opinion. Most of the time, NFL quarterbacks are are alphas, right? They're they're men of men. They lead men. They they've got to have the trust of all fifty three people on the roster, fifty two, I guess, including themselves. But we've never seen a quarterback show that much emotion. Uh, I know I take that back because emotion is different. Emotion is in obviously we see Brady slamming tablets and this quarterback's all pissed Pain. off. Pain. I don't think we've seen this much weakness out of a quarterback. Most oh. of the time, quarterbacks go to the locker room and then let it all out. This dude was like, I don't care, like flying around like a freaking, a freaking two year old out there, man. Yep, yep, yeah. Debilitating injury. I mean, uh, you know, Alex Jones pretty much had his leg broken in half and his you know bone you going through his skin. You know, remember, uh, remember uh, Carson Wentz? Yeah. The joke was last year when he sprained both of his ankles, he was two sprains. I don't think <laughs> he was screaming. <laughs> two sprains. Well, no, listen, and I think that's the thing that, like, at first when this injury happened, Puma, I was given the benefit of the doubt. I, you know, you used to all my text messages because I, I thought maybe the guy really was in a lot of pain and maybe he broke something. But as the information came out that it was more just a high ankle sprain, and then I, the more I started thinking about it, like, we've never seen a quarterback show this much weakness. Like, that's the thing that I can't get over. We've seen Dak Prescott's ankle go the other way. We've seen Alex Smith's leg collapse on himself, like you said. Hell, Joe Theismann, uh, he had his leg basically implode. Uh, dude, just last week, Trey Lance had the somewhat similar injury where he actually broke he actually uh, broke the bones in his ankle and he didn't show this much emotion and weakness. So 
I I have some concerns about Mac Jones's toughness, and that's um, that's alarming because that was the one thing we can hold on to. I know as Patriots fan, we know he wasn't the fastest, so he has the biggest arm, most athletic freak. We all all we could say was like he was very tough, right? He was a very tough-minded individual. And seeing what I saw on on Sunday kind of shook me, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, I don't know where we go from here as Patriots Nation. Um, obviously we're gonna turn to Brian Hoyer for the upcoming game against the Packers, but. You know, now there's reports coming out that apparently Mac Jones is getting a second opinion because he doesn't trust the Patriots who are forcing him to try to get a surgery. Surgery, uh, there's a special procedure called the tightrope surgery, which is basically going in, putting in a suture, helps stabilize your ankle, and helps the recovery. It's a four-week process to get you back on the field. If you don't go through that process, it's usually eight to ten weeks, uh, depending on how severe that ankle sprain is. Um, but from what everything we've heard, we've heard so far, Mac Jones doesn't want to go through that accelerator route because he wants to get a second opinion and take his sweet old time getting back on the field. Yeah, I just hope, you know, he uh, he gets nominated for the Purple Heart after that performance on Sunday. So, no, I mean, uh, that, real quick, just to, like, put a bow on it. I mean, Joe, <laughs> I mean, Jay, just, uh, you know, buckle up. Like, that's uh, that's that's the franchise quarterback right there. And, you know, I know there's, pro- there's probably though? been some rumble. I mean. I mean, is it? Because, let's be real. It's the second year, and through three games, he's basically last in most statistical categories for quarterback metrics, right? Whether it's interception, he leads the league in that. Whether it's a quarterback rating, he's like 31st. Whether it's like yards per game or whatever it is, he's like 30th. He's basically in the bottom three for most for right, most but categories. Here's here's the thing, in my opinion, is, you know, come, let's say like the end of the season, obviously, like, you know, I, I expect Mac Jones at some point to be back this year. Do I see this team as a playoff, you know, playoff caliber team right now or moving forward? Honestly, no, I don't. That's not me being a hater. That's just me using my eyes and logic. But to me, the excuses are already built in, right? You have like this experiment that Bill's doing with two guys that have never called off, you know, offensive plays before, pretty much doing like on the job training and Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. And now like the creme de la creme is, oh, well, our franchise quarterback had a high ankle sprain and he wanted to take the six weeks you know, recovery time. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some spin coming out of Foxborough in certain parts to make this look good for Belichick. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's chestnut checkers. Like we're taking a long view. We're protecting our guy. And, you know, we'll be we'll be back next year because, you know, you got a piece of sycophants. But also, I think it's just like a pride thing. Like is Bill going to do the about face and say, yeah, Max, not our guy. And, you know, maybe we mail it in for the rest of the season and hopefully get a draft pick a high draft pick because we all know he's not trading up in the draft. I don't think I've ever seen that man trade up in the draft during his entire tenure as a New England Patriot. And I mean, in the free agency pool next year, like it's kind of the same situation where the Giants are right now. It's like, yeah, is Mac Jones great? No. Is Daniel Jones great? No. But are there worse quarterbacks potentially in the free agency pool than these two? Yeah, probably. I mean, just look at Pittsburgh for Christ's sake. So I, uh, I, I think he's going to be, your, your guy the rest of the season, obviously. And I think he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's taking snaps or you see him at training camp uh, next season. How, what are you thinking in regards to um, length of time he's going to be off the field? Well, we kind of saw – well, uh, his teammates, I mean, Jalen Hurts and, and Tua, I mean, Tua's gotten the tightrope surgery twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he got it not his final year at Alabama, but the second to last year. 
uh, because the final year he had that that pretty bad uh, hip uh, displacement. But he's had the tightrope surgery twice, and I think there's a Sports Illustrated article floating around where Mac Jones is quoted in that article about the tightrope compared to the other Alabama quarterbacks. But, I mean, you saw it this year in the, in the offseason in training camp where – you know, depending on who you were following for a beat reporter, like some people were saying, it's, uh, you know, Mac is kind of rounding the corner with this new offensive system. And other people were saying he's been passive aggressive on how bad it is. And, you know, I heard it today in some, you know, media markets where people were saying he's gotten better coaching at Alabama than he's had in the NFL up, in, you know, in this season at least. Um, so if, you know, he feels like his offensive line isn't protected because we can all we can all agree well not all of us because we're not all drinking the kool-aid but the majority of fans that have logical sense and have eyes can see that there are times he had happy feet he was playing scared he wasn't letting the play develop um if you feel like you're going to get murdered in that offensive line some of your guys are not getting separated and you have you know Tweedledee and Tweedledum calling offensive plays are you really going to be in a rush to go back there for a car crash every time? Yeah. I don't well, think so. And that's why I think he's staying in his sweet time. Well, I, I know there's a narrative built in that's going to give him that excuse um, and a pass for the year in a sense with, with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. But, like, if you really break it down, Puma, and like you said, you know, you're seeing that it really is on Mac Jones, the reason why the offense has looked so bad. Like, there have been stretches. I'm not saying it's perfect. The offensive line has given them great protection in good stretches of games. Wide receivers have gone open in good stretches of games. He's missed tight ends left and right. They've gone open, but he's not reading the field clearly. Even Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, I can honestly slay, I can honestly say in three games, Puma, maybe there's like 14 plays where I'm like, okay, I don't see why they call that. But for the most part, they've called plays that have gotten people wide open and Mac is just simply missing them, like simply missing them. And, and it just talks to how he's regressed, right? He, he from year one, we thought he was going to build on year two, but from everything I understand, he's not picking up the offense that the new offense they're installing. He's giving quite a bit of pushback uh, to the coaching staff. He's not buying in, which is trickling down to the rest of the locker room and they're not buying in. So, so there's a lot there that you thought we were getting in Mac Jones that was going to be the foundation of our franchise for the next 10 years that he's simply not right we we thought he was cut from that cloth of tom brady and i'm not comparing tom brady trust me i'm not doing that but cut from that cloth of good intangibles good leader you know buy-in the first one in and the last one out that kind of deal and it seems like it's quite the opposite so now you don't have a guy that's not physically great and the intangibles aren't there either like so what the hell do we have right so the next point i want to make here is I know the Packers and the Patriots are playing this week, and I'm going to go out on a limb Puma and say I think the Patriots win this game. Like, call me crazy, call me a crackhead, call me, you know, whatever. I think with how the Packers have struggled to put up points this year, I know they put up, what, 13 points in... Um, 14 points in uh, in Tampa Bay. They put up like seven points week one. They put up 27 points, I believe, uh, week uh, week two against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I have it here right here. So we got 17. I'm sorry, seven points against the Vikings week one. Uh, 27 against the Bears. That has a big blowout game, and then 14 points against the uh, the Buccaneers. So I think this defense for the Patriots can stifle that offense. And to be real with you, when Brian Horace stepping in for Mac Jones. I don't think the drop-off is going to be there. I, I think Matt Jones was playing at such a bad level that he was holding the offense back. I would dare to say maybe the offense looks a tad bit more cohesive with Brian uh, Brian Hoyer back there. Yeah, Brian Hoyer won't throw three picks. He'll throw two. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm on the opposite side of this. I mean, we saw it last year as well too. Like the you know the Packers got blown out week one, then they had the you know bounce back game. 
And I mean, we, we talked about it last week a little bit about Tampa Bay, like the one bright spot on the Tampa Bay side of things is their defense. Their offense is in shambles. You know, you know, you can go back and listen to our bit about Tom Brady, not going to go 14 rounds on that now, but I mean, that was the one bright spot was the defense. And we also saw how heat was affecting everybody that was playing in South Florida yesterday or not yesterday on Sunday, a la, you know, the Bills Dolphins. And, you know, there were times where, you know, Alan Lazard is blowing chunks on the sideline and all that, you know, the heat was sapping everybody. So am I going to read too much into the 14 points? No, not really. I think, you know, we saw uh, a budding star in the making and Romeo Dobbs. I, I think Lazard is going to get kind of in a bounce back spot, even though he's dealing with some ankle injuries, but you know, he's not acting like he needs a purple heart. But I mean, at this point, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Packers here. I know we're kind of jumping out of like the game previews here, but like you know the point spread was like ten. Uh, they're on the road in Lambeau. Uh, I find it hard to believe Aaron Rodgers is going to lose against you know uh, this uh, this defense at home, and I think we're gonna see another get right spot with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon because they they shut down the run last week. And let's be honest that, you know, Bob Tanyan, he's getting, he's, you know, about a year removed from his ACL injury. I mean, we, we saw what Mark Andrews did with Lamar Jackson. I get it. It's like different caliber of player, but I mean, Mark Andrews was kind of having his way in, in, you know, in, in some of his routes that he was doing, he got to, he got two of the touchdowns that Lamar Jackson threw. Um, so I, I, maybe there's going to be a possible big Bob Tanyan game. So I'm, I'm going to lay, if I'm going to bet this game, I'm not, I'm going to lean towards the 10. It's a big number in my opinion. Like maybe new England covers the spread, but I have green Bay winning outright at home. Yeah. And maybe call me the optimist in this. Like if the, if the Patriots do win this game, you know, then it does get a little easier, right? We've got the lines coming in. Yes. The lines put up a bunch of points, but they also are still aligned. They somehow choked that game against the Vikings. So I feel confident being them at home. If we can't beat the Lions at home, then this, this organization is much far gone than I thought. After that, we got the Browns. I mean, we've got the bears after that, who are just a dumpster fire. We got the jets who believe me are, are I think they're trash Colts. I mean, they had that nice little win against the, against the chiefs, but I don't trust those guys in the Jets. I mean, like, there's a soft, soft schedule here where the Patriots could real, realistically rattle off some wins, man. And don't be shocked, Puma. Don't be shocked if when Mac Jones does come back, they hand him back like a 5-3 and three team or something. Uh, if, it, if it's such a soft schedule, if I'm Mac Jones and I'm looking at it and it's like, oh, it's a soft schedule, okay, do the tightrope, I'll rehab, and I'll be back in no problem. Uh, I... I I think he would have been back. I think he's in no rush to go back to this team. He's in no rush to deal with this offensive, you know, you know, uh, bozo fast and Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, uh, he, you know, you saw him visibly getting pissed on the sideline, yelling as a bleeping cover four. So like, you know, either yeah. somebody missed a route. I, I think honestly, Jay, if he wanted to be back, taking all that in for like the soft schedule and whatnot, and he just has to ride out four weeks. He would have done the tightrope surgery yesterday. Yeah, I think he wants nothing to do with this offense. He's going to have happy feet when he comes back. He's not going to trust masses of humanity by his ankles. Uh, uh, nah, I, I think uh, I, I'm going to say buckle up and invest in Tums. Mm. Okay, well, that's uh, that's unfortunate news, Puma. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for being there and supporting me through my hard times. Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yep. You gave me enough crap as a Dolphins fan <laughs> the entire time we've uh, known each other. Welcome to the life as a Dolphins fan, as a Bengals fan up until last year, as a Jets fan. Oh, yeah. 
Well, the, the messed up part is you've got Tara on this as well. Like, I mean, Tara was like the, the safe space. You know what I'm saying? We could always just like, oh, hey, Tara. Just like not talk about football. Now she's coming at me too with this bullshit. And I can't take it from both of y'all, bro. Y'all, y'all, I know y'all married and shit, but like now you're formed into one entity, you know? Well, that's that's kind of what a marriage is. No, dude. you got to crush it's me fine. from both sides. God damn it. It's fine. All right. Let's move on to the game of the week, in my opinion. The Miami Dolphins traveling up to the Cincinnati Bengals. Thursday night football. 3-0 Miami Dolphins. Puma, how are you feeling about your boys, dog? Uh, I mean, I'm feeling good. I mean, you called me during uh, during the game <laughs> on Sunday. And there was one point, you know, it was towards the end. They, they had, had that huge it, right? um, fourth uh, fourth down stop in the red zone. And you're like, oh, man, you're about to be 3-0. How do you feel? I'm like, it's not over. There's still time on the clock. There's no... He's like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, no, nope, you know what nope, happened? There's... You know what happened, Puma? You know what and happened? then the butt punt happened. You know what happened? I was watching like three games at once. Like I had red zone going and I had the Patriots going and it was like so much going on that I couldn't like, I couldn't comprehend that like this kink could still go on. You feel me? Like I was just like, I was mm-hmm. in a space where it was, I just want this to be done with so I can like focus on the other shit as well. Yep. Well, nope. The butt pun happened and we uh, got out of Dodge and you know, we saw the, uh, you know, the moment that'll live on forever, which I don't know why he's getting like a lot of blowback is Ken Dorsey, like getting pissed in the booth. Like, I don't have a problem with yeah, that. I, I mean, either. it's I don't get it either. It's like, oh man, he's got to apologize. It's like, no, like, are you, are you kidding me? Dayball laid into Daniel Jones week one, and everyone was about to build a statue for him in front of MetLife. Like, yeah. you know, you got a coach is showing emotion. It's a playoff atmosphere, like you said. They might see each other in the playoffs. Yeah, I'd be pissed too if Isaiah McKenzie didn't get down because he was fighting for an extra yard or two. They had no timeouts and they couldn't spike the ball in time. I would be pissed, but. That was Sunday. Getting to the game preview, uh, which, you know, the the line right now is Bengals laying four points at home uh, against the Dolphins here. Uh, the, the big question here is, is Tua going to actually play? Now, for those of you that didn't see the game, uh, maybe saw the highlights, he um, he got what was – it was flagged as, uh, you know, roughing the passer. Matt Milano kind of gave him a shove. I honestly didn't think it was like a dirty play or anything. It was just bang, bang. But he got shoved, he fell down, he bounced his head off the turf. And he looked like me in my 20s, just being able to drink for the first time. Um, highly inebriated, leaving the peddler's daughter in Nashua, New Hampshire. Um, I, somehow somehow he cleared the concussion protocols. And, you know, uh, Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports, he put up a copy of what the protocols are. He cleared them, he came back, he played the rest of the game. Uh, the team is deeming it as like a back issue slash what is it back and back and ankles like it, yeah they called what, it a the, back spasm that locked up his back and then his legs went as well. Yeah, so that's what they're dealing with. I mean, he's not in concussion protocol right now, but the NFLPA is launching an investigation. But I think like this line is kind of factoring in whether or not two is going to play. I think the defensive side of the ball for the Dolphins. I mean, they were rolling the dice a lot against. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, sometimes it paid off. Sometimes they gave up the big yardage here. But, like, the Bengals, we all know how bad the offensive line is. And I know, like, they had that get-right game against the Jets. But if you look at the stats here, they're 32nd. That's the Bengals. They are 32nd in total offense through three weeks. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the Houston Texans are doing more offensive production than the Cincinnati Bengals are right now. I think Xavier Howard's going to be able to hang with – uh, Jamar Chase. Um, I got the Dolphins in this game. It's going to be close. Like I said, the spread's at four. The over-under's at 47. 
But I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the Dolphins in this game to improve to four and zero. I'm expecting Tua Tagovailoa to play this week. Um, obviously, if Teddy Bridgewater plays, I'm going to want really nothing to do with this game. Um, but Tua plays the, these wide receivers and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I, I think they're gonna have their way with the secondary. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning there as well with the Dolphins, just because I think the Dolphins have gone to a point where. I think they're a good team in the AFC. Uh, I don't know if they're contenders just yet, but we'll find out here soon. But I think what I liked the most about the Dolphins on Sunday was they were able to win with defense, right? Let's be real. Holding the Bills to 19 points when the Bills have just basically scorched everybody left and right is is a big monumental task, right? And on top of that, it's weird because if you look at the stats, you'll be like, well, the Buffalo Bills put up like 380 passing yards and 115 rushing yards. Yes, I get that. That makes the, the, the Miami Dolphins look, uh, defense look bad. But it's about making those key plays when you need to make them. It's to, win to, it's to make those stops when you need them the most. On top of that, the heat was oppressive as all, as all hell. So that was part of it as well. But I was really impressed with this, how, how uh, mentally sound, mentally tough that defense was to keep going blow for blow with Josh Allen and just like, you know, basically, not given an inch so i was very impressed with that defense on the offensive side you guys had a, a little bit of a slower day but i think tua made just enough plays just enough big plays for you guys to win that game uh like i like i said stats are just landed towards the, the bills but on the other hand the the the, the, the Bengals. i i don't understand and maybe you can like help me out with this how is it that this this Bengals offensive line might just be as bad as it was last year, right? I mean, yeah, they got a little better against the Jets, but the first two weeks, it was absolutely atrocious, right? I mean, you knew last year the storyline going in to the Super Bowl was that Joe Burrow was the <coughs> most sacked quarterback in NFL history to make a Super Bowl, right? I mean, it just doesn't happen when you get sacked that many times that you make it far into the playoffs. He was able to overcome that. So this offseason, they go out, they sign a bunch of big free agents, right? The guy down from Dallas, the brother of a guy from uh, Tampa as well. And, and we thought this revamped offensive line was going to help out quite a bit, but that hasn't been the case so far. So I wonder if it's more than just the offensive talent. Maybe it's a coaching issue. Maybe they're teaching it the wrong way. Maybe schematics. Maybe Joe Burrow just holding on to the ball for way too long. Maybe he's trying to hit the home run ball on every single play, and that's what's causing the issues. But for some reason, these offensive line issues are still there. Yeah, I don't understand it either, and I, I get it. Like, it's going to take some time for, you know, the offensive line to gel as a unit. But, I mean, he is – he at this rate, he's going to lead the league again in, in uh, you know, the most sacked quarterback. And, you know, he, part of this, I think – not enough people are talking about this, but like you heard like Pete Prisco, CBS sports media talking about this of, you know, maybe him missing time at training camp with the appendectomy mm -hmm. is kind of playing a factor in all this too. Like he's holding, like you said, he's holding the ball too long. He didn't have a whole lot of time to gel with this offensive unit. Um, and you know, he, he had abdomen surgery, he had an appendectomy. So like he lost weight. So like maybe he's trying to put that weight back on, you know, it's it could be a whole slew of things, but I'm kind of leaning towards like the lack of training camp because of the surgery type of deal. But I mean, this offensive line is going to have to hit the ground running at some point, or they're, they're going to get their quarterback killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the two and one Buffalo Bills taking on the two and one Baltimore Ravens. This is my second most highly anticipated game of the week. It's the battle of MVPs. I think right now Lamar Jackson is the front runner for the MVP. Close second is Josh Allen. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but for the most part, you're gonna see good stellar quarterback play in this uh, in this game. And right off the bat, man, I know the Buffalo Bills lost that game against the Dolphins, man. But Puma, like I was just, 
I'm just like enamored. I'm like in love with this Buffalo team. They're they're so tough, man. They're like they 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 just don't want to win the game. They want to dominate the game, and they just hate to lose so much, especially. I saw just how much they hated losing that one-score game. I know there's a little narrative out there right now that uh, the Bills can't win one-score games. They were 0-7 uh, in the last, I believe, year, year and a half or whatever it was uh, when it comes to uh, one-possession games, and they, they would lose those games. So I think they are trending towards... I think they have a good bounce-back week this week against the Ravens. Uh, they're going to probably win that game if I had to pick right now. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills are probably going to even maybe blow them, out a little, blow them out a little bit. I think that Baltimore Ravens defense is absolutely absolutely horrendous it is it is so bad like when mac jones was lighting up that defense in the first half i was like either mac jones became the next tom brady or this defense is really bad and we've we realized very quickly it was a defense which is really bad they made some adjustments against the the patriots last week and yeah the second half was a little better but you've seen this through three weeks now the ravens defense gets torched by the Dolphins by Mac Jones. And really, the only thing really keeping them at 2-1 is the fact that Lamar Jackson is playing scorched earth right now. Like, his, like, what, 10 touchdowns in three games. He's thrown at a good cliff. He looks confident in the offense. Uh, like I said, he's the MVP front runner. So, give me the Buffalo Bills simply because that defense is going to be atrocious. And I just don't think Lamar Jackson is going to have enough firepower to go blow for blow uh, against a decent Buffalo Bills defense. Yeah, I'm going to lean with the Bills as well too. It's a three point spread. The over under is 52, uh, but <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna lean with the Bills here. You know, I think another thing too, as we get into the Sunday games, and we're going to be on the Eastern Seaboard here, you might also want to factor in with mm. you know what is the wind going to be like with Hurricane Ian maybe moving its way up the coast as well too. So you might see some under games, which you know may affect the pa- obviously the passing game here. I mean, we know that Lamar um, that Josh Allen has a howitzer for an arm. Uh, I'm not taking any pot shots at Lamar Jackson. I think he's improved his passing game this season, obviously. Um, Jay, I agree with you. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse and the MVP voting right now. But, you know, wind is going to play a factor here. Um, but, man, that, that Ravens defense, like, I don't think you can emphasize it enough. Is I mean, it's, it's god-awful. Like, it's giving Dude, them Mac damn near Jones, 400 points. Mac Jones like, torching that defense, which is kind of unreal. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. It's given up damn near 400 yards. And, you know, now you have a team coming into town where if it's not Stephon Diggs, it's going to kill you. It's Gabe Davis. If it's not Gabe Davis, we kind of saw the emergence of Isaiah McKenzie last week. Like maybe that's going to continue this week. Um, It's there's a plethora of options here. Maybe Dawson Knox gets going in this game. Um, But it's it's really going to be, in my opinion, the the Bills, you know, out you know outgunning the uh, the Baltimore Ravens here. I'm gonna lay the three points. It's juiced to minus one twenty, but uh, I'll lay the three points. I got Buffalo winning this game. I think they I think they cover easy. It might even be a ten point game. Yeah, yeah. Do you see those guys on the Buffalo Bills sideline against the Dolphins? How red everybody looked. Like Josh Josh Allen was like a fucking tomato. Well, the thing is, is like you know the time of possession. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo had Sorry. it for. 40 some odd minutes mm-hmm. damn near but you know it the, the heat was sapping them of everything yep. and on the counter side of that is like the dolphins defense is on a has been on the play on the field for 90 plays in a short week but i mean that that dog that bills team i should say was just damn near exhausted mm-hmm. you had people leaving with heat related illnesses i mean it was it was well, a it killer got, down in south florida it got to a point where yeah they like had 40 points of uh, 40 minutes of possession 
over the 20 that the, uh, the Dolphins had. But, like, at some point, it was just, like, the laws of diminishing returns. Like, it didn't matter how many yards they put up or, like, how many how much time of possession they, were, they had. Like, eventually, they just were going to, like, have a stop here because this guy went out, have a bad miscue here because of the heat, you know, like, the new guy in, in the mm-hmm. rotation. And, and I truly believe that the Dolphins, like, offensively, were, like, just healthy and fresh enough because they only played 20 minutes on the field. So, like, I... I, I think at some point, this is one of those rare occurrences that, like, and I've never seen this before, where, like, time possession worked against somebody's favor. Right. So, all right. Let's uh, let's move on to the 2-1 Kansas City Chiefs taking on the 2-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, this game itself might not happen in Tampa Bay. Uh, there is a hurricane moving up the, the Florida western coast. And depending on what happens, we'll have more information in a couple of days. The NFL might move this game. At the moment, uh, it, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have evacuated from Tampa Bay, moved over to Miami for this week's worth of practice. Um, but if there's a, a backup plan and I need to get out of Tampa Bay, if the storm is uh, strong enough for Sunday night's game, they will probably end up at the Minnesota Vikings uh, stadium to play that game, correct? Yeah, because Minnesota is going to be across the pond in London. Yep, yep. So right off the bat, Puma, who do you got to win this game? Depending on where it's at, I guess. Um, God, I'm. I mean, Mike. Mike Evans is going to be back this game. Let's go, Mike. It's, my favorite. My favorite Buccaneer besides Brady. Let's go, Evans. I, I'm going to go. God, the Chiefs never covered. Like I'm going to go with. I'll go with the Chiefs. Uh, you know, especially let's. I'm going to assume all intents and purposes this is going to be played in a neutral site. It's going to be played in Minnesota. I, I don't really see. How they're going to be able to play in Tampa Bay when right now, if you look at the Weather Channel app, it's a Category Three hurricane just uh, west of the the Florida Keys. Um, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs here, laying the two points. Um, you know, main point being the Chiefs were just embarrassed uh, against the uh, Indianapolis Colts, a game that they should have won. But you know, with special teams blunders, with Sky Moore fumble, you know, muffing the punt, and then the fake field goal that didn't pan out. Um, and then you also have like some some heat developing between Bienemy mm-hmm. and what's that and, guy's um, deal? He's always Mahomes. fighting with people. Well, you know, you can go back to articles written for for ages now that you know one of the big knocks on Bienemy is he's too he's not like too hard of a coach, but like he he's a tough guy to work for. He's a t- you know kind of like the Brian Flores type of deal. Like he would rub people the wrong way. That's kind of why he got ran out of Colorado. Besides like the off the field issues. That's just part of it. But, uh, you know, that was one of the big things was, like, inside the locker room, he rubbed the players wrong. Um, and we saw that kind of come to a head uh, against it with, with Mahomes leaving uh, leaving the field at halftime. He wanted to score. The enemy's like, no, nah, we're good. Let's just go in the, into the locker room. Um, they He had to kind of be separated by Andy Reid. So I think they're going to want to, you know, quell – Quell this issue. Be all singing from the same uh, same sheet music. I, I like the Chiefs in the spot. And again, like the Buccaneers, the, the one bright spot is the defense. But I mean, they're the offensive weapons. You know, I, I love me some Cole Beasley. Maybe he's going to be more up to speed this game. Uh, he was called up last week just because they didn't have any bodies. But you know, I think Chris Jones is going to be able to move that offensive line around. I still have concerns about the Buccaneers' offensive line. I think they're going to make life uncomfortable for Tom Brady in the pocket. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to – I'm going to go up the Chiefs here. Yeah. I, I don't really think I have to rehash anything else with Tampa Bay. Oh, I oh, I still need Tara's opinion on our conversation last week. 
Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I'm gonna be um, be very fair here, Puma. I'm gonna be very uh, level-headed, right? I'm gonna take the Chiefs to win this game. I, I I see quite a bit of issues with the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Like I'm watching that game on Sunday, and I'm like, dude, they can't move the ball. Like he's not Tom Brady's not getting enough protection. His receivers are not getting open. Like he's throwing to. God, I don't know who some of these people are. Like uh, Bashar Perryman, Scotty Miller, like Cole Beasley obviously came off uh, off the bench and he gave a couple of snaps to Brady. But the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense has a long, long way to go. And it's not going to get better until Julio, Godwin are all healthy and on the field together. That's probably going to take, I would say, somewhere in the middle of the season. And, you know, Brady, for, for what, for why, reason why? The reason why Brady plays this game now is not to put up stats or win games in the regular season. simply about getting his team healthy enough into the playoffs and making a deep run, right? Winning a Super Bowl, that's all he really cares about. So I think they're, as a, as a whole team, taking the long-term approach here. They're probably going to be playing it safe with the injuries and not rushing guys back too quick. Um, I, I think this could be a little bit of an embarrassing game, truthfully, because I'm not really sold on the Buccaneers' defense. Like, yes, I know they've had a couple of good weeks already, but then again, think about who they played. Um, so I, I think this could be one of those one of those games where the Chiefs could blow them out. I, I know the Chiefs have their own issues. Um, there's there's some serious tension between Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it seems like it's happening on a yearly basis now, where they have a blow up. It's okay to have it once or twice, but constantly, uh, there's definitely something there. And then on top of that, it doesn't help that like in the past, Bieniemy has had pushing matches with Travis Kelsey, or the fact that Lashawn McCoy went out there and said something about how Eric Bieniemy on Twitter was like, you know, not even like he doesn't really understand what the players are going through, and he's like a fake tough guy, or whatever he said, but. I think there's some issues there, but give me give me Tampa Bay for this game. And I'm sorry, would you say what the spread was for this game? Uh it's two. Yeah, so give me Kansas City. I'm sorry, I didn't, say, I didn't mean to say Tampa Bay. Give me give me Kansas City, and it, it could potentially be a little bit of like a seven ten point blowout, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think it's also factored in like the neutral field aspect of things. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm seeing DraftKings. It's it's minus two over under is forty five and a half. I think 45 and a half is also pretty much about the right number. So, like, I lean under in this game. But, yeah, yeah give me the Chiefs. One of the, one of the guys on Boston Radio made a great point, and he was like, it'll <clears> never <throat> happen. But, like, imagine if they somehow put this game in uh, Michigan Stadium. Like, you know, Tom Brady is last year playing. We all believe it's probably his last year. And the fact that he'd be able to play one more time in Michigan Stadium would be really, really cool. It'll never happen just because the NFL is going to obviously keep all those games at NFL stadiums. And mm-hmm. I wish they did more of that where they would have like a, uh, a neutral site game like at a Notre Dame Stadium or Death Valley or Happy Valley or wherever. It's these great college venues. It'd be awesome to see an NFL game in there someday. That'd be sick. Yeah, the Saints playing at LSU. That'd be fantastic. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, and then the final game of the week, uh, the Los Angeles Rams are taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And the worst, news I, the worst news I got last week in Puma was the fact that uh, Mac Jones obviously hurt himself, but the second worst news I got last week was the fact that this, this Jimmy G Garoppolo, this Jimmy Garoppolo fucking storyline doesn't go away, man. Like it's 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 here, it's back, it's haunting me again. I can't believe we're reliving all of this Jimmy Garoppolo BS in San Francisco. I I'm I'm hoping more than anything. I'm not a big fan of the Rams and Matthew Stafford, but I'm hoping the Rams just obliterate Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I hope that like. Aaron Donald breaks him in half. Like I, I want him to go off the field like Mac Jones went off the field. Wow. Ugh. Wow. I'm just so tired of Jimmy Garoppolo, man. This he's so bad. 
Remember how last week I was on here saying, oh, I think this offense is going to find like some cohesiveness and they'll be open up, be able to open up the playbook more with Jimmy G? Remember when I said that? I remember that, yep. Um, I just want to apologize to all the listeners out there because that was a big mistake. I mean, there were times looking at the field in the Denver Broncos game uh, last Sunday night, so we got double dose of 49ers in primetime. Um, it, it, it looked like my Kyle Shanahan just wanted to shoot laser beams uh, through uh, through Jimmy G, a la Homelander in the boys. Oh, like he no. just he he looked like he was ready to slaughter Jimmy Garoppolo at times, and there were times where Jimmy Garoppolo did not like the play call, and that was coming in from Kyle Shanahan. I think there was a lot of acrimony between these two guys. I think Kyle Shanahan is saying the right thing in the press to you know make it seem like it's uh, you know ha ha like you know funny type of deal, but. Um, I, I don't really have any confidence in this team. I mean, they the first half they looked great. The you know against the Denver Broncos, who were on the ropes pretty much the whole game. But then come the second half for 45 minutes of football, you know their primary pass catchers and you know Kittle and Ayuk and Debo Samuel. I think they all combined for a total of less than five receptions for five yards. Like there there was no offensive output. Um, it, is off the hook because of how bad Bozo Jimmy Garoppolo did. Mm-hmm. Um, he honestly, he's he should be happy he did the safety because that was about to be a pick oh six God. in the end zone if it wasn't. Um, so but no, I I don't want anything to do with this game. I quite frankly, Jay, I don't understand how the 49ers are laying two points against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got the Rams when. I got the Rams winning this game. Uh, it's on the road in Santa Clara, um, but I, I, I think this is going to be a get-right spot for the Rams, especially because Trent Williams is out with, look at that, a high ankle sprain. But he didn't act like he needed a purple heart, but he's out for four to six weeks. That's a big part of the offensive line that's missing. Uh, the 49ers were kind of rotating uh, you know, people in and out on the line. Maybe that also had an effect on why the only their key guys only got a couple of receptions for five yards. But give me the Rams in this game. I think Aaron Donald is going to be lined up where that you know the the filling guy for Trent Williams is, and it's going to make life hell for Jimmy G. Jimmy G is going to hurry, and he's going to throw a pick or two, and that's going to be the whole ball game. Hey, let me ask you a question. I haven't watched much of the Rams this year besides that opening game. Have they looked better the last couple of weeks or no? They just kind of, they kind of just get buried, and I haven't really seen them in the last. Couple yeah, of weeks. I'm in the same boat too. Um, they they kind of gotten buried. I mean, it got a little interesting in the Arizona yeah. game. Um, at times, but I mean, they've been kind of, they've been kind of buried there. And I, th- I think it's really just because, you know, Matt Stafford is not lighting it up with Cooper yeah. cup. I mean, Cooper cup dropped a gimme in the end zone. That's a pass yeah. Cooper cup makes in his sleep 99 times out of a hundred, but no, you know, prime time. I think they're going to show up. They're, they're going to show out in Santa Clara. And, um, you know, I'm going to – I'll take the two points gladly. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats from that game against the Cardinals. 249 yards, 18 of 25. No touchdowns, no interceptions for Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup had a pretty uh, pretty quiet game compared to the standards. Four receptions, 44 yards. So, yeah, I can kind of see why. I think the, I think Matthew Stafford is still having lingering issues with his elbow. And, and to be real with you, like if the 49ers – uh, are somewhat more cohesive than they were last week. I think they'll win this game just because it seems like the 49ers always have the Rams number. Like, anytime I watch the 49ers, Rams, 49ers are always keeping it interesting and keeping it close. So, you know, I, I think uh, I think the Rams are, are going to win, hopefully, just because I have such 
fierce hate for for Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's just my heart talking over my head. Um, but I do fear that you know if they have another week of practice and Jimmy Garoppolo seems to be more in sync, um, and, and the 49ers play the Rams tough, it could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, Jay, what do you hate more? Like, do you hate Jimmy G more, or do you hate Mac Jones's purple heart performance and or softness? Oh no, I hate Mac Jones more, man. Just because, like, <laughs> at, at least Jimmy G, man, like he's soft, right? I get that. But I've never seen Jimmy Garoppolo act like that when he got injured. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo has taken some bumps and bruises over the years. But he doesn't, like, cry like a little two-year-old, like a little baby, dude. Like, I, I, I can't get that out of my mind. I, like, I'm haunted by that. How, how can you as a man show so much goddamn weakness? Maybe, maybe it's just, like, new Gen Z, like, you know, athlete that's, like, very open with his feelings. And it's okay. And this and that BS. Nah, man. Like, keep that to yourself, bro. Like, we want to see you all doing all that, bro. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just it's ironic that like <coughs> Bill Belichick and I, and I know Bill Belichick, I know the disdain he has for quarterbacks, and I know how he treated Tom Brady with the "Hey, it's not open to heart" strategy when he had his issue with his thumb in the championship game. I know he probably walked away from that stadium that night thinking, "Oh my God." What have I done? You know, is this yeah, no really doubt. my quarterback? This man that was screaming like a two-year-old is my quarterback? I, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that crossed his mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I also realized the windows were open in the recording studio. So my next door neighbor's probably thinking I'm getting murdered by my wife. But <laughs> nope. All is well. All is well. I'm not getting shanked. But, um. Yeah, that's uh, I. I got no words, Jay. But you know what? I got the cure. I got the cure for your woes. Tums. Yeah, Tums. Nah, that. nah, but baby. Some best, but some nah. best bets, hold on, hold on. Jay. Nah, 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 Puma. We've got Hoyer the Destroyer. Okay, so all right. Yeah. Well then, yeah, uh, we're gonna need you, the best. You go bets, take then. care of your best bets real quick. I'm gonna use the restroom. Okay. <laughs> yep. So those of you degenerates listening, while well, Jay is taking a little break here. Uh, last week uh, it was it was an okay week wasn't wasn't too uh, too crazy nothing uh, nothing to write home about we won more than we lost we fell about four points short on the over under of the Vikings Lions game but we're going back to the well I'm going back to the over under in the Lions game this week they're at home at Ford Field in Detroit against the Seattle Seahawks the over under is at fifty it's been pinned at fifty uh, pretty much since uh, Sunday evening it hasn't really budged. But I'm going to take the over-under, I'm going to take the over, I should say, of 50 in this game. Um, I, Detroit's defense is bad. Uh, Seattle Seahawks' defense is not that great either. Um, I think both teams can easily get up to 25 points. So give me the over in this game. The only thing that's giving me pause in the over-under is uh, the Amon Ra, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown injury. Um, you know, the reports coming out today that they don't think he could miss time, but if he does miss time, you know, it's not going to be that long, which gives me the indication that he may miss this game, but I'm still going to take the over 50 in here. Another bet I got is went back to the well with the dolphins. I got this at dolphins plus three and a half right now at DraftKings, the unofficial sports book of the pro football radio podcast the spread in the dolphins games at four i got them at three and a half uh for this is we laid out earlier in the podcast and i have a lean i haven't made this the best bet yet but i think i'm going to is the houston texans getting four and a half points against the la chargers i know this game is one of those i really have to hold my nose to watch this game and if you don't even want to watch this game i don't i, I don't blame you but, you know, 
Justin Herbert, he's dealing with the 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 fractured rib still or the fractured rib cartilage, I should I should say. And you know, you really have to question Brandon Staley's uh, you know, decision making. The, yeah. the team is down twenty something points. They left him out there to dry. He just looked, you know, basically combat ineffective out there. They're off their best offensive lineman, Rashad Slater. Um, Jake, correct me if I'm wrong. He's is he done for the year with a torn bicep? Is torn bicep done that, for the year, yep. So, I mean, your best offensive lineman's down. Um, they tried to run the ball with Austin Eckler uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know, they, he wasn't that effective. You know, maybe Keenan Allen comes back in this game, but, you know, the issues on the offensive line for the Chargers I don't think is going to give, uh, you know, Justin Herbert enough time to get those explosive plays downfield. And, you know, I know the Houston Texans, they're the Texans, but the defensive side of the ball, they've been great against the pass, all things considered, through three weeks. Um, they're a little weak against the run, but, you know, we saw this Texans surprise the Chargers last year. They won. Uh, Davis Mills looked great last year in this game as well, too. Uh, I'm going to take the four and a half. Uh, once we wrap up recording, I'm probably going to lay this bet. But I'll take the four and a half at minus 105. So it's damn near pretty much even money. So, uh, you know, people are still betting the Chargers. They're juiced to minus 115. I'm going to go with uh, Houston getting plus four and a half here. And my last best bet of the weekend we're going to go to the college ranks, and yeah. I'm taking it's Iowa State, Kansas. Kansas is at home. They're 4-0, and in God, for some odd reason, the Kansas Jayhawks mm-hmm. are not a ranked team, Which and they've crazy. been playing playing absolutely lights out. I got them at plus 3.5 against Iowa State. Wow. You know, nothing against head, you know Coach Campbell, but – uh, I, I'm go, I'm going with the Jayhawks. I'm buying into this Jayhawks team. They look great. Their quarterback looks great. And Jay, I don't know how much of like the highlights you've seen. And I understand it's the Big Twelve, so you have to take it with a massive grain of salt. Uh-huh. But he's got legs. He's got an arm. He can push the ball down the field. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be like Lamar Jackson if he come, you know, when he comes out of college. But the, the kid's got the kid's got some skills. So yeah, um, definitely some guy to wa- definitely a dude to watch. I'm taking the three and a half points in the Jayhawks game. Yeah, Jalen Daniels, uh, he's a quarterback, uh, six, uh, what, six, one, six, two, 215 mm-hmm. pounds, decent enough weight, good enough arm. I mean, it is the Big Ten, I'm sorry, I'm sorry the Big 12, so you've got to kind of have that caveat. But, yeah, I mean, so far he's looked good. When's the last time Kansas was 4-0? Um, it's surprising they're not ranked. They really should be ranked. But, yeah, the, the Kansas Jayhawks, man, they're they're uh, they're definitely they're definitely doing the thing. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk. And, and that whole, like, Chargers thing, man, like, it's bad enough that my quarterback is a complete piece of poop and he like you know is is a softy and a pansy and then it's watching Justin Herbert try to go out there and try to like muster a win like you know what they have to do to get him on the field they had to have an ultrasound like on his rib so that, so they can see where they can actually put that little needle in so the puncture's long again a number one and b it's like a it's like a spot in the rib cartilage that's really hard to get so you got to have like really precise tools to do it he's doing all that to get on the field to play and brandon staley doesn't stop him like like what are we doing here brandon staley like at the end of the day through that game the all pro center he has a knee injury like obviously justin herbert had his issues rashawn slater he's gonna miss the rest of the season with torn bicep the number one wide receiver in uh, ken allen he wasn't there Top pass rusher has a groin injury now in Bosa. Uh, their top cornerback in just uh, J.C. Jackson. He's not responding well to his ankle. So, so like, there's a lot there. And, like, I just feel like that team is very close to imploding. And, and it sucks because they have so much damn talent. But the positive is, if it does implode, Brandon Staley's out. And we can bring in Sean Payton. 
Dude, I was just going to say, like, if if this goes off the rails and they lose in Houston, that might, like, I know it's week four and it's going to be overreaction. They might, this might be the, like, the season on the line yeah. here. Like, they have to win they against the, here, the Texans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, if they lose to the Texans, bro, yeah, they're coming for Brennan Stilley's head. Like, the media outcry, just, just the negative, like, bad will he's built up with all of us. Watching him like go for fourth downs and piss away the playoffs last year, and, and then throwing out Brett, Justin Herbert out there against against a, uh, a Jacksonville Jaguar team, and then keeping him out there when they're by twenty points. I just the guy has so many stupid decisions. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. So so we see how that goes. Um, but uh, last things before we go, Puma. So what you're saying is, I shouldn't drive out to Indiana and I shouldn't bet the money line of the Patriots winning on on Sunday. Yeah. If you're going to bet that game, Jay, if you're going to bet that, 10's a big number. So if you want to use, like, and I know it's like, oh, my God, it's a big number. But, like, it, it's 10. Like, it, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that it's not that big of a deal. I'm just not that comfortable laying 10 points with Aaron Rodgers because maybe he took the ayahuasca. Maybe he huh. didn't take the ayahuasca. Like, if you're going to bet that game, like, I wouldn't do the money line. Like, I would probably do it to for them to cover the 10 points. Yeah, but the odds are so much better with the money line, bro. It's plus 380 for the money line. Yeah, there's a reason why it's plus 380. <laughs> have you seen that? Go back and listen to what we just recorded. I don't have to rehash it. No, but here's the thing, Jay. I don't need you putting money on the money line and then it blows up and then you're going to be in the in the text message. I'm never betting again. <laughs> why'd you, Puma, why'd you talk me into this? <laughs> no, no. I'm on record. I got witnesses here. My wife's in the other room. If you're going to bet this game, to Puma's suggestion, if a gun is to your head and you must bet this game, it's the spread. Hmm. But I mean, an hour and a half drive just to put ten dollars down, and you okay? Fine, okay, fine. All right, then bet it, then bet it. And when they lose, don't say shit. Don't say a goddamn word. All right, all right, man. Well, listen, uh, pleasure talking to you guys. I will be back next week. Hey, we oh, gotta plug it we up. We gotta plug, plug it up. Oh, crappy, I'm not bad. Go ahead. Jeez. All right, this episode and previous episodes of the podcast can be found on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Google whatever, uh, YouTube, JG, I'm a slicing and dicing this up, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever you listen to for your music and listening pleasure, it is available on all major platforms under Pro Football Radio Podcast, Instagram and Facebook, Pro Football Radio Podcast, the Twitter machine, at PFR Podcast, I'm on Twitter, uh, at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Like, subscribe, download. Hit us up in the DMs. They're always open whether or not you want to talk fantasy football. I know Jay's got a thing or two to say about fantasy football. Um, I got some stuff to say, obviously, about betting and whatnot. But hit us up. Uh, like I said, like, subscribe, download. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week about this stuff. And Jay, got anything else to say? Screw fantasy football, okay? Here we go. Here we go. Via con Dios. <laughs> <laughs>